You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and it is Turkey Day, Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Seriously, every single one of you guys who, who listens to this podcast and subscribes, thank you. I am thankful for you guys. I'm just a guy with a dream to, to talk about sports and have people actually care what I say. So for those of you that do, thank you. Um, I would love it if you shared the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. It's, uh, it's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, so spread the love. I'd appreciate it. But uh, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. So diving into today, the first thing and the main thing I want to talk about is KD's return to OKC last night. And I want to talk about KD's legacy. That game was phenomenal. I mean, you can't ask for much better atmosphere in a November game in the NBA than what we got last night between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Golden State Warriors. It was only KD's second return to uh, OKC since he left to join the Warriors. But um, what a game. I mean, I knew, I said yesterday on the podcast, I knew that the Thunder were going to bring it, that they were going to play one of their best games of the season. I did predict that they would still fall a little bit short. And I'm kicking myself because, and I know you can't do this, you can't say, well, I actually thought... I'm learning. I got to trust my gut more. <clears throat> and even if it's the unpopular thing to say, I got to say what I think. And yesterday, I truly did think that the Thunder would win. And I, I didn't say it, and I should have. And that's my bad. But you know, I got to live with the pick I made. And I picked the Warriors, and I was wrong. And I've learned from my lesson. But I was right about them having a phenomenal game and really bringing it. And I'll tell you this. I've been saying all season long for a couple of months now, that the team in the West with the best chance to beat the Warriors come playoff time is the Thunder. I've said it time and time again. I've gotten mocked on Twitter and on uh, Instagram for it. And last night, I could not have felt more confident in that prediction than I did. I mean, the Thunder, they actually didn't play out of their minds at all. They shot 45% from the field as a team. And they beat the Golden State Warriors by 17 points. And it would have been even more than that. I mean, the game was... They dominated from start to finish. The big three, all three of the big three, shot under 50% from the field. Nobody had like some, wow, he's he's never had a game like that before. He went off. I mean, they all played like they can play on a regular basis. And they beat the Warriors by 17 points. Now... That being said, the Warriors didn't have their best game ever, but again, it was a 17-point differential. And so if you look if you look at the stats, I mean, Curry had his game going. Uh, Curry finished with 24 on 3 of 8 from 3, 9 of 18 overall. Durant had 21, a minus 17 for Durant and Curry, by the way. Uh, but Durant shot under 50%. It was his worst game against the Thunder since he left, uh, but he still finished with 21 and 5. Um, Clay Thompson didn't play well. He had a minus 20, only nine points. Draymond Green, only four points. So that was kind of the, diff- the, the biggest difference, obviously, is the Warriors didn't play like they can play. But what I'm getting at is the Thunder beat them by 17 points, and the Thunder didn't play a phenomenal game. The Warriors shot 41, almost 42% from the field. 
for the game, and the Thunder shot 45, almost 46. So, I mean, they only shot 4% better from the field as a team, and they won by 17. So what I'm getting at is the Thunder or the Warriors can play their normal game, and this is an evenly matched, you know, game. Um, maybe not totally evenly matched in a seven-game series. I would still take the Warriors. But what I'm getting at is they have a real chance to make some make some noise. Because the, the Warriors aren't quite as deep as a lot of people like to think that they are. I mean, yeah, Iguodala's good. Uh, Livingston's good. They got contributors. Even JaVale McGee, you know, people people kind of make fun of him. But he's actually, when he goes out there, his minutes are usually pretty solid minutes. Um, but like Pachulia, nah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys in the league that are as good as Pachulia, Iguodala, David West, Sean Livingston. Those are good players, but there's a lot of teams that have players of that same caliber. And so it really comes down to the stars, right? <clears throat> and the stars are obviously, they've got their four, and Draymond is more of a defensive presence and things like that. But the Thunder, I mean, they've got Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. Well, those guys, again, all shot under 50%. Westbrook was a plus 17 he had 34 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals. The guy played out of his mind uh, with intensity, but that's but guess what? That's what he does every night. He averaged a triple-double last season, in case we forgot. I love Russell Westbrook. I love the passion he plays with. I love his competitive fire. He, he has all the, the things that Kevin Durant showed us he doesn't have when he decided to join the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting because I'm watching the game last night and I'm thinking, okay, obviously the Warriors, I still take the Warriors in a seven-game series, but I feel really confident in what I've been saying all season long, that the Thunder are the next best team in the West, despite their record not showing that just yet. I think they'll turn it around, and I think come playoff time, you'll see. If these guys stay healthy, if the big three especially stay healthy, the Thunder have a chance in the playoffs. One of their biggest problems in my mind right now <clears throat> is that it almost feels like Paul George and Carmelo Anthony are on, on loan to OKC. Like, they're not really part of the team. Like, Russell Westbrook is the team, and the whole city knows it. The fans all know it. The franchise knows it. All of us know it. And if, if Paul George and Carmelo Anthony were to commit for, like, another two seasons... I think it would give them even more of an edge as a team to make some real damage because it just kind of feels like they're on loan because they, you know, their contracts expire this year. They may leave, they may stay. There's like good chance they leave. <clears throat> Sorry for all the throat clearing. I've I I I think I'm setting a world record for for the longest cold. It's going on like 12 days now, but eventually I'll get over it. Anyway, <clears throat> um yeah, I think if Melo and George were to commit, I think it would help the Thunder out a lot, even this season, because uh, it changes the mentality of things. And so I think the Thunder are, are the real deal. I'm rooting for them. I loved watching last night's game, and I just kept thinking about Kevin Durant and his legacy. And I used to love Kevin Durant. I still like him. He's, you know, <clears throat> he's a really good player. He's one of the top two, three best players in the world right now, um, talent-wise. But <clears throat> what he did in going from a team that was up. So you got to remember, the Thunder went to the NBA Finals. They lost to LeBron in the Heat, but they had been there. So he had he had reached the ultimate level of success and fell just barely short. He'd already done it with Russell Westbrook 
at a very, very young age. I believe it was his fourth season and Westbrook's third season, and they reached the finals. Well, then, a couple years later, they're in the Western Conference Finals, playing the defending champion Golden State Warriors, the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors, and they're ahead three games to one. And they were dominating that series. They looked like hands down the best team in the NBA that year, at least in the playoffs. And they squandered a 3-1 lead. Lost three straight games. Warriors went on to the finals. Lost to LeBron and the Cavs that year, um, which was two years ago, of course. And the truth be told, they would have won that series had Draymond Green not been suspended for Game 5. But, you know, kudos to LeBron and the Cavs for for getting it done at home. And then again in Game 7, that was pretty big time in Game 7. But the, the Warriors lose that series, but they were there. It went seven games. So now he's looking at, okay, I was just ahead three games to one on these guys, and I've already been to the finals before, and I should have gone again this year, and I probably should have won it this year, but I didn't. So what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to go join arguably the best team in history. Okay. It was the ultimate, I'm not competitive. If you can't beat them, join them mentality move by Kevin Durant. And I can't help but look at him differently ever since then. And now we've got the fake Twitter accounts coming out and we've got all these things that he's doing and saying and just his whole demeanor just seems so insecure and so just, I don't know, I I just don't see him going down. Even, I was talking to a friend last night, even if the Warriors go and win two more championships, which they probably will, I think they have a really good chance to win two or three more and he's the MVP of all of those. I still just feel like his legacy is tainted forever. The guy chose to leave a team that was absolutely poised to knock off the champion and become the champion, and that's how you do it. That's how Jordan did it. He got past the Pistons and past the Lakers, and he knocked off Isaiah Thomas, the two-time defending champion. He knocked off Magic Johnson, who had won five titles in the you know years prior, and he beat them both to win his first title. He beat the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. And he became the NBA champion. He didn't go and join the Pistons. He didn't go and join the Lakers. He became the champion. And even with LeBron, who I, as you know, do not put in the same class as Michael Jordan, even with LeBron, though, Did he have a super team? Yes, LeBron has had a super team every single time. He's been to the finals with the exception of the first one when he got swept by the Spurs in like 2004 or whatever it was. Don't quote me on that, but it was not 2004. It had been 2007, I believe. Um, But he, LeBron went and joined the Heat, who really at the time only had Dwayne Wade, and they hadn't been very good the years prior. They had been you know, kind of hit or miss, making the playoffs. They had won a title with Dwayne Wade, but that was three or four years earlier in 2006, and LeBron joined in 2010. So they, he wasn't. it wasn't like he was joining some championship team. Like the, the Heat had proven for four straight years or three straight years that they weren't a championship team anymore. They won it in 06, didn't in 07, 08, 09. And then in 2010, they went back to the finals. Of course, they lost to the Mavericks. Then in 2011, they, they beat the Thunder. So even with LeBron, he brought Chris Bosh, he joined Dwayne Wade, and they became a super team. He didn't join a super team. They kind of helped create one. The same thing with him coming back to 
Cleveland, they had Kyrie Irving, but they hadn't been a championship team. They hadn't even been making the playoffs. He brings with him Kevin Love. You know, that was, uh, you know, I'm sure that was part of the negotiation is I, I need other guys around me. So even in LeBron's super teams, it's different because he's not joining a team that's already doing it without him. He's helping create it. Same thing with the Celtics in 08. Kevin Durant and Ray Allen went and joined Paul Pierce. Well, the Celtics hadn't been doing anything with just Paul Pierce. They had been just an average NBA team, but they knew that he was a superstar, and they knew that they were superstars, and that by joining forces, they had a real chance to win a title, and they did in their first year. So again, they formed a super team. They didn't go join a super team, and I do think there's a very, very big difference. Durant joined a team that won an NBA title without him, went back to the finals the next year without him, and won 73 games an NBA record without him, and then he joined him, and he was ahead three games to one. I mean, I know that it happened a year and a half ago, but I can't, I'm can't. i watching the game last night, and I'm like, this guy was worshipped by Oklahoma City, and now I almost feel like he's a laughable character to them. They look at Russell Westbrook, and they're like, he, Russell Westbrook was hands down the best player on the court last night. It wasn't even close. He was the most athletic. He was the most competitive. He was the most confident. He was the most determined. He was the best player on the court last night. And I think OKC doesn't even look at KD the same. KD thinks his number's getting retired, and I don't think it is. I don't think the Thunder are going to retire Kevin Durant's number. I think he's kind of a forgotten character, a villain. And he's kind of looked at as like the insecure guy who had to go join the 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 better team to try and win a ring and create fake Twitter accounts to defend himself and make fun of the guys that he just lost to by 17. Of course, Paul George and Melo are new, but you get the idea. I don't think he's looked at the same, and I don't think he ever will be, even if he goes and wins two or three more championships. Because LeBron, he's in, he's in LeBron's shadow already, <clears throat> and now the only way he could have overcome that would have been to win a finals without joining the two-time MVP, Steph Curry, without joining the reigning NBA champion or, you know, reigning NBA Western Conference final champion, Golden State Warriors. He, he just, he ruined his legacy. He did, and it's too bad because he was a guy that was poised. You know, he's doing these interviews with Bleacher Report or whoever saying, I felt like LeBron was passing the torch to me when I hit that shot. No, you didn't, and nobody did. Nobody felt that way. We don't even know if you're the best player on your team. Okay, yeah, you are the best player on your team. But Steph Curry's right there, you know? And it's just it's just funny to me that, that uh, you know, he, he's trying to act like he's the ambassador for the NBA. He's the guy. He's the face. And he's just very much not. He's just kind of another guy. He's another another star. But he's he, he's just not viewed the same, and I don't think he ever will, and I feel sorry for him. Anyway, that's enough on that. Again, the Thunder looked like the real deal. I've been saying it all year long. I think they have a real shot. Okay, moving on. Uh, speaking of LeBron, now you know I don't put LeBron in Jordan's category. You know my biggest beef with LeBron is his inability to shine when the when the lights are brightest, uh, to come through in the clutch, especially when it comes to free throws and hitting big shots down the stretch. He can do it in the fourth, so people want to look at the fourth quarter. Um but can you do it in those waning moments? Even in the final five minutes, he's currently second in the league in, in overall like player efficiency and rating in the final five minutes when the game is close. But I would love to see the stats in the final 30 seconds. You know, what are his... And so that's my beef with LeBron, like when he misses free throws at the end of a game, things like that. 
um, or he doesn't even want to take the shot, things like that. Now, he's still the man. He's still the best player in the world. I love LeBron James. I'm a huge fan of LeBron James. I love what he does for the game. I love his example to kids and to other players. He's He is a leader, and I love the guy. Last night, he had a phenomenal game, scoring 33 points, and guess what? 23 of them came in the fourth quarter. LeBron James scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. It was against the lowly Brooklyn Nets, uh, but still, Cavs now have won uh, six straight, and they're looking pretty strong. Um, So LeBron finishes 11 of 17 from the floor, six rebounds, five assists, and like I said, the 33 points. His plus-minus was a plus 20. They won by 10. He was a plus 20, which means when he's not on the court, it was a minus 10. He is so valuable to his team. It's insane. Kevin Love was a plus 10. He had 18 and 10. Kevin Love's having a good year. Um, Dwayne Wade, I've been saying Dwayne Wade needs to be a bigger part of this Cavs team come playoff time if they're going to pose a threat to the Warriors. And I still think while the Thunder have the best chance in the West to knock off the Warriors, the best chance overall in the league to knock off the Warriors is still definitely the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and I think Dwayne Wade is going to need to going to to need to be a very big part of that if it's going to happen. And if he plays like he did last night, which is not too difficult, he had 18 points, five assists, four rebounds, one steal, he had a plus eight, and he did all that very efficiently. It was only 28 minutes of play. He was eight of 13 from the field, which is obviously a very good percentage. And he was only one of four from the line. He's usually a good free throw shooter, you know, uh, 80% or so. He was only one of four, so he probably should have ended up really with you know 21, 22 points. But if Dwayne Wade can do that in the playoffs and they can get Isaiah Smith back, or Isaiah Smith, Isaiah Thomas back, <clears throat> thinking J.R. Smith, Isaiah Thomas, anyway, if they can get Isaiah Thomas back and healthy and he can be a contributor, the Cavs can really be a threat come playoff time. We know that they do this in the regular season. They go win 50 games. Uh, they get the you know, barely the one seed in the East or maybe the two seed. This year they might even end up getting the three seed. They're still going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I still think they'll win it and go to the Finals. I just hope that there's enough gas left in the tank with some of these older guys. LeBron's leading the league in minutes, and he's Iron Man, though. He can do it. Dwayne Wade is definitely uh, a shadow of himself, but he's still still there in moments, and you just got to hope that those moments come in the playoffs. So that is my take on the Cavs. So moving on to the NFL, big games today. Um, the the Vikings, the, as I'm doing this podcast, they're ahead 13-3 to on the Lions. So obviously I'm going to take them. We won't bother with that. The Vikings have proven me wrong. I have said time and time again that I view them as kind of a, a pretender type team. And they've proven me wrong. They are contenders. They're going to win today. Uh, and they're going to move to 9-2 and two and have a huge lead in their division. They will win their division. They'll probably even get a first-round bye as one of the top two seeds in the NFC. Um, they're they're really, really good. Um, obviously, the Eagles right there uh, in the number one spot in the NFC, but the Vikings and Saints, they're, they're the real deal. So I was wrong about the Vikings. I hope I was wrong about Case Keenum because I'm rooting for the kid. You know, Anytime everyone's rooting against, not really rooting against you, but predicting against you, me included in that crowd, I kind of root for those guys, and that was Case Keenum. Nobody thought he could get it done, and he is, so I hope he continues to, and I hope they don't play Teddy Bridgewater um, 
just if Case Keenum makes one little mistake. You know, I hope he's not on too short of a leash because he's proven that he's really, really good. And, you know, maybe they both end up as starters on separate teams next year. Who knows? Okay, the other game, Chargers. Well, there's two other games, Chargers and Cowboys. I'm taking the Chargers. Um, the Chargers are kind of surging right now. Now, this is at home. This is when I said that the Cowboys would go 2-4 and four in the six games that Zeke missed. This is one that I actually had them slated to, to probably win. But I'm going to go against them and say that they are going to lose to the Chargers. The Chargers are surging. The Cowboys are reeling. And um, I, I think they're still... I think they're still trying to figure out how to get this done without Zeke and without Lee on defense. And so I'm going to say that the Cowboys lose this game at home on Thanksgiving Day. The other game is the Giants facing the Redskins, and I think the Redskins win, and I think they win big. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Redskins fan. This team is really, really good, and they're just getting tough breaks. I think there's been some poor coaching decisions, some poor clock management, some... Ball's not bouncing their way, and all of a sudden they're four and six, and I think they probably should be six and four, maybe even seven and three. They've been that good this year. I think they win really big at home, make a little bit of a statement, and maybe make a push for the playoffs. They're going to have to win out and probably even get some help to make that happen, but that's my prediction there. Last thing I want to touch on today is is Terrell Owens, T.O., and the Hall of Fame. I did a podcast about this like a year ago. This guy is one of the most talented wide receivers in the history of the NFL. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. And now if anyone's getting blackballed, and I don't mean it from a racial perspective, but if you're just being put out of something, ignored from something, ex- excluded from something for reasons that aren't really justified, it's not Colin Kaepernick. It's Tara Lowens from the from the Hall of Fame. This guy is number three all-time in reception touchdowns. He finished his career number two. Randy Moss passed him a couple years later. Randy Moss is now number two, barely. Terrell Owens, three. But T.O. finished his career second all-time in receiving touchdowns. He's currently third. He finished and still is second all-time in uh, receiving yards. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? And what's funny is I look at the list. I've got the list pulled up right here in front of me. On guys, the top ten uh, touched the top ten all time in receiving touchdowns. Jerry Rice Hall of Fame, Randy Moss soon will be Hall of Fame. Terrell Owens not Hall of Fame, been snubbed a couple years in a row. Chris Carter number four Hall of Fame, Marvin Harrison Hall of Fame, Antonio Gates still playing definitely will go to the Hall of Fame. Tony Gonzalez now eligible for Hall of Fame will be soon. Larry Fitzgerald, still playing, will definitely go to the Hall of Fame. Number nine, Larry uh, uh, Tim Brown in the Hall of Fame. Steve Largent, Hall of Fame. Don Hudson, Hall of Fame. So the top 11 are all in the Hall of Fame, or soon will be, except T.O. Why? Why is that? This guy, I get that he was a little bit of a head case. I get that he had some locker room issues. He never had any like real big issues off the field. He never was violent in any way he never was accused of rape or domestic violence or it wasn't involved with guns or all these other things that some other stars have been involved with he just wasn't necessarily the most likable guy after being there for a couple of years he, he demanded the ball he did things like that there's no question he wasn't the best teammate and I do think that should be taken into consideration for the hall of fame but man like isn't it based on how good of a player you were really and he's 
the stats show he's the second best receiver of all time. Second most in touchdowns when he retired, second most in yards when he retired, and still to this day. What else do you want? Let's see where he is on the on the receiving, just overall receptions list, because I actually don't know that. I'm going to look it up right here. He's number eight overall in all-time receptions. Jerry Rice, of course, number one. And again, the guys ahead of him, Tim Brown, Hall of Fame, Chris Carter, Hall of Fame, Marvin Harrison, Hall of Fame, Jason Witten is still playing, Larry Fitzgerald still playing, um, Tony Gonzalez, uh, now eligible for Hall of Fame, Jerry Rice, Hall of Fame. So again, all the guys above him are in the Hall of Fame, or soon will be. There's no question he's being blackballed in the sense of being excluded for reasons that aren't really supposed to matter. So that's my take on T.O. That's my take on Thanksgiving Day. Go Redskins. Go Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. That's it. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Yeah, the